Good to hear Jennifer and sister Amen. And, and, and dad. Uh, that man can sing bass, man. Amen. That man can sing. To God be the glory. Good to see you all here. I want to say thank you for you uh, coming to church. Coming to church in these last days, it's not something that is very, yeah, back in the days, not, not these days, but it means you know that there's no more time to waste, right? Jesus soon, he will come. I want to thank the musicians for uh, invoking the Holy Spirit. We can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. I want to say thank you to the hospitality team and greeters and ushers and deacons. You know, they are preparing us a meal that the moment we finish here, we'll be in the fellowship hall and starting to feast on whatever they are preparing for us. I want to say thank you to the angel of this assembly, Pastor Harris himself and his wife, uh, for you know what, they are doing a good job, uh, you know, helping us to live a Christian life in these last days. We got to say thank you to that. I won't bog your time much and waste your time. Uh, my subject today is called Rejoice With Me. And uh, I'm reading from Luke chapter 15, verse 17. Let's pray. Father, you've been good to us throughout the week, and some of us here, we need a miracle. And so we come to your presence uh, with all that we have and say, please have your way in our lives. Give us a word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My subject is rejoice with me. A bad mistake does not have to be fatal. A bad mistake does not have to be fatal. And for a text, I want us to turn to a very familiar passage recorded in our Lord's Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 15. And you know immediately uh, this has to do with this with the prodigal son. I want to read a few verses here, beginning with verse 17, Luke chapter 15, verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise. And go to my father, and I'll say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Now the choice is yours as you listen to this parable that you have listened all your life. When I was a young boy, I think this is the story that always touched my heart. A bad mistake does not have to be fatal. 
in talking with some people about their souls and in telling them that Jesus is ready to serve if they will just come to him. And I get comments and statements like these, well, I would accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, and I will accept membership in church, but there are just so many hypocrites in the church. Have you ever heard that? And I tell them that I'm aware that everyone who has or her name on the roll is not a Christian. The same as everything that lives in the water is not a fish. But every fish will live in the water. The moment the fish finds himself out of the water, he's fluttering with all of his mind, trying to go back in the water because he knows he cannot live out of the water. If you allow a hypocrite to stand between you and the Lord, if you try to hide behind him, you got to be smaller than that hypocrite. If a hypocrite can stand between you and the Lord, that hypocrite is closer to the Lord than you are. Don't you know, if I have cancer, I'm not going to be cured by going around taking the names of who else has it. That isn't going to, be, to do me one bit of good. I'm here to tell you that no one can save you but Jesus. And no one can keep you from being served but you. And now, this as you know, is what is commonly known as the parable of the prodigal son. And this is the greatest short story in or out of the Bible. It touches the tender chords of the human heart. It is a picture of the depth to which the soul can descend in its flight away from the Father who wants to bless you. It reveals the hope that exists for an individual even though he has gone away from the Father into a far country, it reveals this deceitfulness of sin and the godless life will take from every area of our existence. Now, this young man uh, is a symbol of society. As you know, society consists of individuals. And society is what individuals makes it. Now every person is a prodigal without Jesus Christ. And anywhere can be the far country. You don't have to fly to Hawaii to be in a far country. You can sit right there and tune out the Holy Spirit. You are already in a far country. Men and women may run from God but they can never escape. And today you may feel lost this afternoon, but I want to tell you that you are not abandoned. God has not given you up. You may feel like there is a distance between you and God, but you are the one who left him. He has been good to me. Has he been good to you? Yes. 
He's been good to all of us. The person who lives to do as he likes will become the slaves, the slave of his likes. The person who will not be ruled by the Lord will be compelled to serve Satan. A person who does what he pleases is seldom pleased with what he does. A person who's always talking about, I'm sick of home, needs to be reminded that there's going to come a time when he's going to be homesick. The moral law says right is right and wrong is wrong. And you can't do wrong and feel right about it. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'm talking about sin this morning. Sin destroys love. It destroys life and laughter. A sin hangs a crate on the door of happiness. A sin sows with suet the wonderful blessings of life. Sin will cause grief to grip your heart. It will cause adversity to rattle the windows of your soul. In our sin, we deserve death and suffering. Instead, in Christ, God gives us life and purpose. Paul states clearly, the grace of God does not eliminate the principles of choice and consequence. In this life, our decisions will bring with them natural results. God says to Moses, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now, Jesus spoke, spoke this parable uh, in answer to the petrified Pharisees. They were murmuring and they were complaining. They were accusing Jesus of slumming. They say, of all the things, he takes time with sinners. He goes home and he sits down and eats with them. Now, let me tell you, that's the best recommendation they could have given him. The reason why I love him is because he served a sinner like me. Jesus, in answer to these Pharisees, talked about three lost things. And as, and as I go along, I see which one of them you are. He talked about a lost ship. And he talked about a lost coin. He talked about a lost son. Now, there are some people who are good. They mean well. They don't do any of what we call the notorious sins. Uh, they don't lie. I and cheat, and even steal or commit adultery, and all that kind of thing. But they are still lost. Now, the sheep did not do anything wrong. All he did was to satisfy a legitimate appetite. That's very normal. It's not harmful for a sheep to graze on green grass. He just nibbled this patch here and moved to the next. And when he finished that, 
he moved on to the next. And over in the late afternoon, he began to see the evening shadows gathering around him. He looked up, and he was a long way from the fold. He was lost. Now, he didn't, even, he, didn't, he didn't even intend to get lost. But while doing that which satisfied a normal and legitimate appetite, he was lost. Now, the shepherd went out and looked for him. And when the shepherd found him, notice, notice, the shepherd didn't lecture the sheep. The shepherd didn't beat the sheep and drive him home. He picked him up and bound up his wounds and put him on his shoulder and gave him a ride home. And then Jesus talked about the lost coin. The woman had some more coins, but this one was lost. And nobody wants to lose anything. Some years ago, when my father was still alive, we had an appointment, him and I. It was Friday night. He wanted me to come to the city. He was going to buy me new shoes on that particular uh, Friday before the Sabbath. And so I was to call him on a telephone booth. How many people know telephone booth? Yes, when I grew up, there were no cell phones. Okay, so I went to a telephone booth, and there I dropped my dime. And that dime was supposed to be the connection between me and my father for us to talk. But I had other dimes in my pockets. But that dime just rolled into a crack, and I wasted more time just trying to retrieve that dime back to me. And so I understand what this means to this woman. And so, I spent time looking for a dime. That time was equivalent to $20 an hour, just looking for a dime. And uh, nobody wants to lose money. Is that correct? Nobody wants to lose money. But what about your soul? What about your soul? You are okay? Losing money, it's okay, but you cannot afford to lose your soul. And here's the other thing. Have you ever been lost in the city? You visit a new place somewhere, and then you got lost. Anytime I get lost, I feel very stupid. Because the, the, I'm looking for a certain address, and I'm looking for a certain home. The streets, they all look the same. The houses all look the same. And then I'm going around and around. And then I realize, hmm, it's time maybe I stop and ask somebody for help. And anytime somebody points you out to that certain house, you are ever so grateful. And that's exactly what is going on here. And so this woman had lost a coin. And this coin was lost where? In the house. When she searched for it, she lit a candle and she swept and searched in the house. Not down at the beauty shop, not at the spa. The coin is lost in the house. 
not at the supermarket. And I want to say this morning, there are a lot of people who are in the house and still lost. There's a lot of people who will attend services regularly, even the midweek service, but still lost. Now the reason this coin was lost, it was out of circulation. When you are lost, you're out of circulation and couldn't be used. What good is money if you can't use it for what you need? I dare say there are a lot of people with their names on the roll, and that's all. The church has your name, the conference has your name, you are part of the church, but you are out of circulation. You are lost. They are not being used for the glory and honor of the Lord. This woman, when she found that coin, she called out her neighbors and said, Rejoice with me. The coin that was lost is now found. Now you notice, the shepherd went and looked for the sheep. And the woman searched for the coin. But now when this boy gets lost, nobody goes to look for him. He had to come to himself. Now let's see, why was he lost? Well, he went and made a fatal demand. He went to his father and told his father, he was very courteous about it. He could have waited until the old man uh, went to sleep and he could have bummed him off. But no, he went to his father courteously and he said, Father, give me the portion of good that falleth to me. You know, you know, when you read this story, this boy, he was a consumer, not a producer. You will notice people who are consumers and not producers they can make demands. They f the, the fellow who uh, didn't produce anything can always get, uh, can always get a, a, a picket sign and walk and talk about, I demand. When they go to demanding, they want it now. The boys say, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And I want it now. I know I'm going to get it when you're gone, Father, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna wait too long. I don't want to wait that long. I want it now. I want to move away from this parental authority. I wanna leave. I want to move away and be my own man. I want to go out there and live life to my satisfaction. Give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And as any good father will, this father, I dare say, tried to reason with that boy. But when he couldn't know, when he could no longer reason with him, you know, some of us, you just can't reason with. I dare say there's somebody right here. Your parents tried to get you to go to school, but no, you want to get married. You're quiet, but I know what I'm talking about. You know, your parents try to steer you in the right direction, 
But no, you would have no part of it. You want to do your own thing your way. When the poor father couldn't reason with the son, then he divided the goods between both boys. And I believe that before uh, this boy uh, took his leave of home, the father gave a farewell pie. You got to use your imagination. What could have happened? And before the party broke up, uh, I believe he stated the purpose of that party. My younger son has demanded his portion of the goods. He's telling his community, I have given them to him. He gathered them together. And tomorrow morning, he's leaving home. Oh, my fellow neighbors, in subsequent days, I just, I just want you to know what has happened. I believe that the man at the party patted him on the back and wished him well. Women, or maybe the prayer band, uh, they prayed for him. Uh, safe travels, young man. But I know there were two people uh, who didn't sleep too well that night. And any father and mother there, here, will know who those two people are. The next morning, early, a tender scene took place at the gate. The father is giving the boy the final word of counsel. When you get where you're going, I want you to spend your money wise and save some. Watch out for the crowd with which you run. The father is talking to his young man. And every time I read this, I wonder about the boy's mother. No doubt she was standing there weeping. I can imagine her, she's pressing an Old Testament in his hand and told him to read it regularly. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Oh, but nothing that could do or say would dissuade this boy. Even though happy memories trooped down the hall of recollection, but that did not deter him, he took his journey. And that journey stretched into days and stretched into weeks. And I don't know where he went, but he went so far away from home. That boy would know that, that nobody would know him and will be sending reports back home as to how he's getting along. The boy is gone. He went away from home. Went so far that the old folk wouldn't be coming up to spend the weekend with him. He went away from home. You know, friends, sin places distance between man and God. Sin sponsors every trip away from God. This young man went away. When he got where he was going, the Bible says he wasted his substance in riotous living. Now, you don't have to be a high school graduate to know how to waste. You just let it keep going out. Nothing coming in. And after a while, you're going to be in want. Want always follows worst. This boy wasted his property. He wasted his health. He wasted his influence. He wasted his time. He wasted his talent. 
He wasted his future, he wasted his usefulness, and then he wasted the faith that the parents had in him. And then the Bible says, and when he had spent it all, a famine rose in the land. Isn't it strange, friends, that a famine won't rise until you spend it all? When you spend it all, that's when the famine will rise. When you spend it all, nobody wants to deal with you. Nobody wants to minister to you when you spend it all. Possibly you have not had the experience. But I have. I have been foolish. And I spent it all. And one of the days I went to the bank and the bank was so courteous with me. Here we go, Mr. Guatura, fill out this form. It will take you a few days. It's not like now when they can tell you about your credit report in two seconds. Back in the day, you got to wait for three days. And you receive a letter that says, we regret. <laughs> it was, they, they, were just, they were just nice back in the day to give you a little time. But today, they are not that friendly. They'll just tell you, sorry, you are not credit worthy. And so here, this boy is out. And uh, when you spend it all, nobody wants to minister to you. But the Bible says that this boy went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Now I can see him. He is determined in his heart that I will not go back home. I will make it out here. I did rather stay out here where I am than to go back home. I'll go get me a job. And that's good. I can see him walking from farm to farm, from factory to factory. I can see him walking from door to door but nobody would hire him. Then when the Bible says he joined himself to a citizen of that country, that means he latched on. He glued himself to that citizen. He stayed around in some way. He pestered this man. He pestered this citizen. He worried this citizen until this citizen finally said, well, he is already in my hands. I might as well give him something to do. I can't get rid of him. And he tells the boy, go out into the field and take care of my swine. And that boy jumped at the chance. He jumped at the chance. Who ever had a Jewish boy sloping horse? But he said to himself, I'd rather take care of the hogs than to go back home. While there, taking care of the hogs, sitting there. I can see him sitting there, sitting on the fence, watching the hogs eat. You know, if you are not hungry, it will make you hungry just to watch hogs eat. They go at it so enthusiastically, and they can make it sound so good. While he was sitting there watching the hogs, eating, that boy came to himself, came to himself. And every individual ought to come 
to yourself. That boy began to reason with himself. He began to talk with himself, you know. In our day, they say when you talk to yourself, that's a sign of his insanity. But let me tell you, you've got good sense when you talk to yourself. Talk to yourself, but be honest with yourself. That boy reasoned with himself. He came to himself. It wasn't the SDA pastor who preached to him. It wasn't the Baptist pastor. Nobody went to him. The boy came to himself. It wasn't the missionary group or the prayer band. The boy came to himself. He reasoned with himself. He said, now, how many servants of my father have plenty to spare? And I perish with hunger. It doesn't make sense for me to be sitting out here dying of starvation when I could be at home at a welcome table. It doesn't make sense for me to be out here sick and lonely when I could be home enjoying the fellowship of the family. It doesn't make sense for me to be in these rags when I can be at home with a good father who provide for me. It doesn't make sense for me to be here with pig pen mark between my toes when I can be walking on thick carpet. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise and I'm going to my father and when I get there I'm not going back talking about these crooked preachers and deacons. I'm going to tell him I have sinned. I'm not going back talking about the hypocrites in the church. I'm going to tell him I have sinned. I'm not going back talking about this one and how this one lives and the other. I have sinned. And uh, what I like about this boy, this boy wasn't just talking. The Bible says he rose up. The Bible says he arose and he came to his father. He got up just like he was. He didn't wait until he, feel, he felt better. He came just as he was. He didn't wait until he got a better job. He came just as he was. He didn't wait until he got a change of clothes. He came just as he was. This boy, this boy came to his father. And all while he was gone, the father was looking and long, longing, praying and hoping that the boy would come to himself. I can see him now sitting on the end of the pouch or the patio, just, just about sundown. And the old man is just looking. And he saw a form of seal hooded against the sun, setting sun. And I can see him seeing in his eyes. And when he recognized that, that's my boy, he jumped off that pouch. He forgot about his age. He forgot about his arthritis. He jumped off that porch and ran to meet the boy. Oh, and when he met him, the boy began to make his speech. Father, I have sinned. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. The father smoothed out his speech with hugs and kisses. And about that time, the servants came running, came running to see what all of the commotion was about. Oh, the father said, go, servants, and get a robe and put on my son. 
He's got no business in these rags. Go and get shoes and put on his feet. He's got no business being barefooted. Go and get a ring and put on his finger, and that will let him know that he's been restored to the fellowship of the family. Go seven and kill the, the fatty calf, and let's make merry. You notice, you notice, he didn't say, go kill a hog. We will have a ham dinner. That would have reminded the boy of his past. What I like about when the Lord forgives you, he doesn't bring it up anymore. I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't hold my past against me. Oh, I'm so glad that he has blotted it out. I'm so glad. Can you tell me how you feel since you have been forgiven? That's rejoicing in my heart because I know that the Lord has forgiven me of my sins. And I want to tell you whatever, whatever mistake you have made, the loving Father is waiting to forgive you if you just come back to him. Oh, yes, if you confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't you know they had a joyous time? Everybody was happy to see the boy come back home, but his older brother, the older brother. And he's always, there's always the older brother. The older brother always around. Somebody is going to make fun of you when you come back. Somebody's going to criticize you, but never mind that. Thank God I'm at home. I'm saved. I'm forgiven of my sins. They have been blotted out. They'll be rejoicing here this afternoon. Oh, yes, if you will just rise. That person who has strayed away, what I like about the Lord, even though you have gone contrary to his will, messed up your life, and then if you come back to him, he will receive you. I know he will. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Oh, if you will just come back to him, those who are out there and not being useful in the kingdom of the Lord, if you are out of circulation and can't be used, if I were you, I did rise this morning and come back to the Father. Well, if you have broken fellowship with the Father and the family, if there's somebody that you just can't stand, possibly you sit on the same pew with him. Oh, but if you, if you or I, I did come to the Lord this morning. And let him, let him forgive me of my sins and then restore me to the family. If I were you, I would not wait. I would not wait for a more convenient season. I wouldn't wait until the crowd got small. I did come on now. If you are ashamed of him before men, he will not acknowledge you before his father. I did come on now. Don't wait. Don't even wait till next morning. You don't have any guarantee that you'll be here next morning. I did do it now. We hang up between the no longer and the not yet. What has been is no longer, 
and what is to be has not come yet. All we have is now. That's all that you can count on. So rise up now and come on to him. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will impress me in his arms. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The path of sin too long I have strode. Lord, I'm coming home. I've wasted my precious years. Now I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home. My soul is sick. My heart is sore. Now I'm coming home. Coming home. Coming home. My strength renew. My hope restore. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming home. Coming home. Never more to roam. I'm not going to wait, but I'm going to come just as I am without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me, that thou biddest me come to thee. Oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come. Will you come to him this morning? Will you return to him this morning? He will return to you. And there'll be rejoicing in your own life. There'll be rejoicing in the church. They'll even be rejoicing in heaven when you come. May we all stand. May the Lord bless you as you search your lives and know that at any time, Jesus is ready to save. May God bless his word. Shall we sing our closing song, Joy By and By?
Pastor Harris is here. You may be looking to come. Don't worry about the crowds. Seek your salvation with fear and trembling. It's a personal decision. If you see Pastor Harris around, just go direct to him. Tell him your needs. Requests, make prayer requests. If you want to study with him privately, it's all good. But don't, let, don't wait until tomorrow. Do it today. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, oh, you've been good to us. Sometimes we realize we don't even like ourselves. And so we look for other people to validate us and tell us, that we look beautiful, or they care, or we can be their friends. But thank you that you are always the friend that is always available to all of us. This afternoon, Lord, thank you for your word. That person who needs a miracle this morning, uh, that lady who's sick, uh, that brother who's struggling uh, in making a decision, uh, you know all things, and some are looking for jobs, and some have just moved in. And things are hard, Lord, but you, you know us as individuals, not as groups. And so we come. May you change our circumstance because we trust in you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.